0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Blurry Photos. Blurry
1: Photos!
0: I am David David Flora. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the
1: anguished spirit of David David Stekho.
0: You turn turn into a power drill at the end.
1: (laughs) That was Oh, see, I
0: can't even fake an anguished spirit. I'm too upbeat. Uh, Yeah, welcome to the podcast. We got a fun one in store for you guys. Oh man, we have been dangling this
1: carrot in front of you for some time. And now, time has come to put up. And not shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Better than putting out and not shutting up, I guess. Really? Nope. All right. <laughs> so, happy hollowness to everyone.
1: Oh, that's right. And uh, and and top of a Psalm Wayne to you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an M in there, Psalm Wayne?
0: Oh yeah, the the M the M's Celtic. So uh, yeah, so you don't. Um but uh I hope everybody's lighting some bonfires and uh driving some model T's up on haystacks.
1: Yeah, I mean and don't fall for whatever mom and dad do to keep you out of trouble. You you reassemble that wagon on top of their house.
0: <laughs> don't be swayed by delicious candy corn. <laughs> bobbing for apples. Do I you mean take their bribes. <laughs> do you know how many people have stuck their face in that bobbing for apples? Oh pit? yeah,
1: it's a spit bucket.
0: So tonight, uh, we've led up to it, and now it's time to deliver. We will be telling ghost stories by candlelight. Fiendish tales.
1: It really is by candlelight. I that's, mean, you guys right. aren't enjoying this, but I find it romantic and terrifying.
0: <laughs> Mostly because I'm just
1: here with a dude.
0: Yeah. That's the terror. In in the dark with candles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all we have to console each other are terrifying ghost stories. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Absolutely. You, I'm telling you right
1: now, stop listening if you didn't sleep well last night, because I guarantee you're not sleeping well tonight.
0: I'd also advise stop listening if you are sitting in the dark, going to bed, want to go to bed, breathing, yeah. if you consume any liquids at all.
1: yeah. See, this is what no other podcast does. We'll tell you when you shouldn't be listening. We're not going <laughs> to be like, oh, listen to us all the time. No. There are circumstances under which you shouldn't be listening. If you are pregnant, if you have heart palpitations,
0: if you have diverticulitis... If, if, if you aren't tall enough to ride certain rides... If you're taking medications that suppress your immune response, If you have gastrointestinitis... If you have recurrent diarrhea... If you make up words like gastrointestinitis... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole thing is inflamed!
0: <laughs> yeah, if you have a raging urinary tract infection... You, you probably don't want to be listening to this. You've got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> we, so, uh, let's, uh, let's just get started. Let's dive um, in. Flora, I believe that you have a tale that will um, chill the, the soul. I do indeed. This tale is called The Mental Patient. The Mental the
1: Patient.
0: The young woman had just finished nursing school, and in need of experience, she volunteered at the mental health clinic near her home. Because it was her first real job, she didn't have to deal with the really dangerous mental patients. Instead, they assigned her to work with the less violent patients the suicidal people, the depressed, those who heard voices, those who never said anything at all, things like that. She worked with a lot of mental patients, but her favorite was an old man named Arthur. He was mute. He never said a word, he just sat in his chair and nodded his head. As the days passed by, she became very close to Arthur. He was a very good listener. She would talk to him for hours, and he would just listen and nod his head. She told him about her parents, her friends, all her problems, everything that happened in her life. Most people would have been bored, but not Arthur. He just sat there and nodded as she moaned and complained and told him about all the little things that were bugging her in her life. Arthur just nodded. After several months of working with Arthur, the nurse decided that he didn't belong in an insane asylum. He couldn't be very happy sitting in a room by himself, nodding all day. That evening, she had a meeting with the supervisor of the clinic. She said that Arthur didn't pose a threat to anyone and asked him to be allowed to leave the asylum and live on his own. He was a gentle soul. He was able to feed and groom himself. He deserved to be free. There's nothing wrong with him, she said. Arthur just nods. The supervisor didn't agree with her, but the young nurse wasn't about to take no for an answer. Every day, after working with Arthur, she would corner the supervisor and argue with him about the pros and cons of releasing Arthur into the community. Eventually, the day came when her persistence paid off. The supervisor finally admitted defeat and agreed to let Arthur go. The young nurse was overjoyed and rushed to tell Arthur the good news. She told him he was free now. He could leave the clinic and live all on his own. Arthur just nodded. She wrote her name and address on a piece of paper and thrust it into Arthur's hand. She kept telling him that she was really going to miss him. Most of all, she would miss talking to him every day. The young nurse told him to be sure to write her as often as possible. She wanted to hear how things turned out for him after his release. Arthur just nodded. The nurse went home that evening, feeling very pleased with herself. She'd finally managed to get Arthur free from the insane asylum. She told her parents and her sister the good news. Her months of hard work had finally paid off. When she went to bed that night, she fell asleep with a satisfied smile on her face. In the middle of the night, she was rudely awakened by the sound of screaming. It seemed to be coming from downstairs. Frightened, she gathered her wits about her. She jumped out of bed and bravely crept down the darkened staircase. There, in the hall... She found the bodies of her mother, her father, and her sister. They were lying in a pool of blood. As she bent over them, trying to see if they were still alive, she saw a shadow moving across the hallway. She looked behind her and was confronted by a large figure standing motionless in the doorway. The scream died in her throat. It was Arthur. He was just standing there, staring at her. His eyes were wild. In one hand, he held a bloody axe. In the other hand, he was holding a piece of paper. The same piece of paper on which she had written her name and address. The young nurse was shaking with fear. Arthur raised the axe above his head. His eyes were bugging out of his sockets. Are you here to kill me, she croaked. Arthur just nodded.
1: (laughs) So, what's is that a morality tale? Do we not...
0: <laughs> don't help insane people? Just don't help people. And <laughs> mutes are just time bombs. Uh, did did she not ever stop and think, why is he in here in the first place? Yeah, and why didn't they tell her? Yeah. Also, um, maybe, maybe Arthur's not
1: a bad guy. He's just heard this woman complain about everyone in oh, her life. Man. And he's like, hey, I'm just returning the favor.
0: Yeah, it's like... The world doesn't need such filthy haints like you it all the time. <laughs> You dirty
1: haint No, he's like, hey, thanks for doing me a solid And getting me out of uh, the psycho pokey
0: Now I'm gonna
1: Yeah, let me clear up some of your issues <laughs> I'm I'm like a therapist uh, But with an axe <laughs> <laughs> No I'll I chop through some issues here for you <laughs> I Uh, like that one. I like that one a lot. Although, the very beginning of it made it sound like it might have been a pornographic story. (laughs) Well. Eleanor had just finished nursing school and (laughs) needed to get more experience with people. Is that just the way I
0: read it? She took a job in the non-violence wing of the insane asylum. I don't know. What doesn't start out that could be a, a, a porn? You're right. You're absolutely right. There's nothing that cannot be turned into a tale of sexual exploits. I mean, I'm going to read just a, a few uh, yeah. sentences from the monkeys, Paul, here, and you tell me if it doesn't sound like a porn. Okay, okay. Without, the night was cold and wet, but in the small parlor of Laburnum Villa, the blinds were drawn and the fire burned brightly.
1: See? Okay, all right, I'm going to test it again. <laughs> I'm, I am randomly... I'm going to start a random scary story. One time a preacher went to see if he could put a haunt to rest at a house in his settlement. Wait, wait. Let me reread that. Do it right. (laughs) One time a preacher went to see if he could put a haunt to rest at a house in his settlement. (laughs) You are right. Every ghost story has a very palpable sexual subcontext. I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to test this out to go beyond <laughs> ghost stories. This, this is awesome!
1: <laughs> when Arthur and Annie went to high school they fell in love, they were both big, fat, and jolly and seemed suited for one another.
0: <laughs> Boosh! So, I have The Odyssey. Oh, nice, okay. Sing to me of the man, Muse. The man of twists and turns, driven time and again off course, once he had plundered the hallowed heights of Troy. Oh! I mean, that one's probably Homo erotica. Yeah. Yeah. But. um, It still works!
1: (laughs) Or it's Goonies fan fiction. Goonies? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because of Troy. (laughs) Everything's over when you ride up Troy's bucket. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, Spooky's Tales. So
0: so that's that's the moral of not only of that story, but probably of this entire podcast. Yeah,
1: exactly. Alright, now uh this one, this is one I enjoyed because of the sound effects. Oh. So I I I know that you, the listener, have come to expect a very high quality of Foley work. Yep. And this story will pay you in that. <clears throat> this story is entitled Clinkity Clink. <laughs> Okay.
0: Sorry. Have, this fault. one
1: might break our streak of erotic openings. Okay. <laughs> An old lady got sick and died.
0: <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> this dude, what are you talking about? I'm so turned on right <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, Oh man,
1: that is... Okay, alright. Seriously, this is where the terror begins. (laughs) Can't even read it now. We've ruined these. Oops. One story deep and it's it's over. Sorry everybody. This podcast will be entitled We Ruin Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Okay We started ruining Halloween with the pumpkin discussions True Okay, I'm ready now, I can do this (laughs) An old lady got sick and died She had no family and no close friends So the neighbors got a grave digger to dig a grave for her And they had a coffin made And they placed it in her living room As was the tradition They washed her body and dressed her up in her best clothes And put her in the coffin When she died, her eyes were wide open, staring at everything and seeing nothing. The neighbors found two old silver dollars on her dresser, and they put them on her eyelids to keep them closed. They lit candles and sat up with her so that she would not be too lonely on that first night that she was dead. The next morning, a preacher came and said a prayer for her. Then everybody went home. Were they there all night? Those two guys? Well, it says everybody went home, so it sounds like... The preacher and the two guys,
0: maybe?
1: Yeah. She had no family, no close friends, but there's a lot of folks helping her out. Well, well huh? you do
0: that, a good yeah. Christian yeah. gravedigger.
1: As was the tradition. Later, the gravedigger arrived to take her to the cemetery and bury her. He stared at the silver dollars on her eyes, and he picked them up. How shiny and smooth they were! How thick and heavy! They're beautiful, he thought. Just beautiful. <laughs> he looked at the dead woman with her eyes wide open. He felt she was staring at him, watching him hold her coins. It gave him a creepy feeling, so he put the coins back on those eyes of hers and kept them closed. But before he knew it, his hands reached out again and grabbed the coins and stuck them in his pocket. Then he grabbed a hammer and quickly nailed shut the lid on the coffin. "'Now you can't see anything,'
0: he said "'You to filthy
1: Hank!' "'Yeah, you dirty Hank!' "'Who sees nothing now?' Then he took her out to the cemetery and buried her as fast as he could. When the gravedigger got home, he put the two silver dollars in a tin box and shook it. The coins made a cheerful rattling sound, but the gravedigger wasn't feeling cheerful. He couldn't forget those eyes looking at him. When it got dark, a storm came up and the wind started blowing. It blew all around the house. It blew in through the cracks and around the windows and down the chimney. Bazoo! It went busy, busy, bazoo! The fire flared and flickered. Now these are written out. Yeah, yeah. That is that is how the wind went. That yep.
0: That's how the hound (laughs) went too.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The grave digger threw some fresh wood on the fire, got into bed and pulled the blankets up to his chin, but the wind kept blowing buzz It went, busy! Busy! buzz The fire flared and flickered and cast evil-looking shadows on the walls. The gravedigger lay there thinking about the dead woman's eyes staring at him. The wind blew stronger and louder and the fire flared and flickered and popped and snapped and he got more and more scared. Suddenly, he heard another sound. Clinkety-clank, clinkety-clank it went. Clinkety-clank, clinkety-clank. It was the silver dollars rattling in the tin box. Hey, the gravedigger shouted. Who's taking my money? But all he heard was the wind blowing. Bizzy. Busy, busy, bazoo! And the flames flaring and flickering and snapping and popping. And the coins going clinkety-clank clickety-clank. He leapt out of the bed and chained up the door. Then he hurried back, but his head had barely touched the pillow when he heard, clickety-clank, clickety-clank. Then he heard something way off in the distance. It was a voice crying, Where is my money? Who's got my money? Who? Who?
0: And the wind blew.
1: And the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped, and the money went clicking, clank clickety-clank. The gravedigger was really scared. He got out of bed again and piled all the furniture against the door. He put a heavy iron skillet over the tin box. Then he jumped back into bed and covered his head with the blankets. But the money rattled louder than ever, and way off a voice cried, Give me my money! Who's got my money? Who? Who? And the wind blew and the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped and the gravedigger shivered and shook and cried, Oh,
0: lordy, lordy!
1: Suddenly, the front door flew open. And in walked the ghost of the dead woman with her eyes wide open, staring at everything and seeing nothing. And the wind blew. Busy, busy, bazoo! And the money went clickety-clank, clickety-clank. And the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped. And the ghost of the dead woman cried, "'Oh, where is my money? Who's got my money?' Hoo, hoo, and the gravedigger moaned, Oh, lordy, lordy. The ghost could hear her money going clickety-clank, clickety-clank in the tin box. But her dead eyes couldn't see the box, so she reached out with her arms and tried to find it. Now, there's a slight editor's note at this point. This story also includes um, stage... Notes what are they what's the word i 'm looking for stage directions stage directions um which is great if you want to turn this story a little sexy do it as you will the stage the stage directions uh, are as you tell the story stand up with your arms in front of you and begin groping around you wink
0: <laughs> can, you, wi- can you read that the way it's supposed to be read uh, As you
1: tell the story. <laughs> Stand up with your arms in front of you and begin groping around you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll do that. <laughs> the wind went busy, busy, bazoo, and the money rattled clickety-clank, clickety-clank, and the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped, and the grave digger shivered and shook and moaned, oh lordy, lordy, and the woman cried, give me my money. Who's got my money? Who? Who? Uh, now quickly jump at somebody in the audience and scream, "You've got it!"
0: <laughs> so ends the reading. I, 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 seriously think that that was that story was a precursor to um, about half of the show. Stomp. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I think that there were
1: some some mistakes made in the writing of that story. Mm. Wind doesn't go busy bazoo. That's a huge issue, and there's no way for you to do that and maintain an aura of terror.
0: Mm. That's true.
1: Um, I like that uh, this story head faked us sexually. <laughs> right off the bat, it said, dude, this is a story about some old dead lady. <laughs> And you're like, oh well, I guess I guess I'll just you know Keep. play. Yeah, I'll put it on the back burner. This yeah. now this is business time, but then it's all like stand up and start groping, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's business time. <laughs> so points to the story for for pulling a great Shyamalan towards the end and oh. making it sexy, but the bizzy bazoo. I mean all honestly, that story would have been a third as long if, if it weren't for the fire. Flaring and flickering and snapping Snapping and and popping. popping, Yeah, Yeah, that was, that that cost it points. Sorry, story. And also, that was like over $2. Why would you do that? Would you even, if there was a corpse with $2 on its face, would you pick it up? So that was a, I thought that was a, I thought that was was overall though, I enjoyed reading that story. I mean, I picked it, so it was fun. Can you, can you rejoin that? I mean, what do you got? I mean, like, I guess this is like, this is like a breakdance fight. And so oh. I want to see right now if if you're going to serve me.
0: Um, maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll we'll try going down to, um, old uh, Bayou country.
1: What with, a Louisiana Scarefest?
0: That's right. This one's called the Dead, the dead hand. hand. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see what this has well, got uh, in store. Also, for us.
1: Uh, could, could it could also be a dead hand. <laughs>
0: dead hand. That's right, I need to put more syllables in here.
1: Yeah, just add them. It's like H's between every letter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. The village huddled on the edge of a vast swamp. As far as one could see, there were soggy meadows, holes filled with black water, Am I? Do you want me to be reading the whole thing in Cajun? I think
1: A that you should, and B, this thing started off not sexy, then it got real figurative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh! Well, okay. So let's yeah, let's okay. Take let's take this one from the top.
0: My Cajun's not going to be the great. (laughs) The village huddled on the edge of a vast swamp. As far as one could see, there were soggy meadows, holes filled with black water, and glistening sheets of wet, spongy peach. Skeletons of giant trees, snags, people called them, rose up out of the muck, their branches dead and reaching out like long, twisted arms (laughs) here. This
1: is the best one yet.
0: During the day, the men in the village cut that peat and hauled it home to dry and sell for fuel. But when the sun went down and the wind, sighing and moaning came in from the sea, the men were quick to leave. (laughs) Strange creatures took over the swamp at night, and some even came into that village. Well, that's what everyone said. People were so afraid, they wouldn't go out alone after dark. Young Tom Patterson was the only person in the village who did not believe in these creatures. On his way home from work, he whispered to his friends, There's one! And they'd jump and run, and Tom would laugh and laugh. Finally, some of his friends turned on him. If you know so much, they says, go back into that swamp some night and see what comes out of it. I'll do it, said Tom. I work there every day. Not once have I ever seen anything to frighten me. Why should it be different at night, huh? Tomorrow night, I'll take my lantern and walk out into that willow snag there, yonder. If I get scared and run, I'll never make fun of you again. The next night, the men went to Tom Patterson's house to see him on his way. Thick clouds covered that moon there. It was the blackest of nights. When they arrived, Tom's mother was pleading with him not to go. It'll be all right, he said. There's nothing to be afraid of. Don't be foolish like the rest of them. He took his lantern and singing to himself, he headed down that spongy path toward that willow snag over there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that dirty old snag.
0: <laughs> Some of them young men wondered if Tom wasn't right. Maybe they was afraid of things that didn't exist. A few decided to follow him and see for themselves, but they stayed far behind in case he did run into trouble. They were sure they saw dark shapes moving about, but Tom's lantern kept bobbing up and down, and Tom's songs kept floating back to them, and nothing happened down there. Finally, they caught sight of that willow snag. There was Tom standing in a circle of light, looking this way and that. And all of a sudden, the wind blew out his lantern, and Tom stopped singing. The men stood stock still in the blackness, waiting for something awful to happen. The clouds shifted and the moon came out. There was Tom again, only now he had his back pushed up against that willow snag, and he had his arms out in front of him as if he were fighting something off. From where the men stood, it looked like dark shapes were swirling in and around him, then the clouds covered that moon again. Once more, it was pitches black down here. <laughs> when that moon came out again, Tom was hanging on to the widow snag with one arm. His other arm was stretched out in front of him as if something was pulling it. It looked to the men as if a rotten moldy hand with no arm. A dirt hand grabbed Tom's hand. With one final wrench, whatever had hold of Tom jerked him into that muck. Or that's what the men said. When them clouds blotted out that moon once more, the men turned and ran through the darkness toward that village. Again and again, they lost that path and fell into that muck and water holes. And in the end, they crawled back on their hands and knees. But Tom Patterson wasn't with them. In the morning, people searched everywhere for Tom. Finally, they gave him up for lost. A few weeks later, toward evening, villagers heard a cry. It was Tom's mother down here. She was rushing down that path from a swamp, shouting and waving. When she was sure the villagers had spotted her, she turned and ran back, and off they went after her. They found young Tom Patterson by the willow snag, groaning and gibbering as if he had lost his mind. He kept pointing with one hand at something only he could see where his other hand should have been, there was nothing but a ragged stump oozing blood down here. That hand had been ripped clean off. Everybody said it was the dead hand that had done it, but nobody really knows. Nobody will ever know, except Tom Patterson, and he never spoke another word again.
1: we loaded, loaded. Oh, Tom Patterson learned himself a thing or two about a swamp.
0: Tells you going to a swamp downhill. <laughs> Would you be going on a swamp downhill? Uh, so I just, <laughs> no offense to any of our Cajun friends out there, that uh, that's all I got.
1: <laughs> all I want to do is assure you that we don't dislike Cajun people. We're huge on the bike.
0: I'm trying to flatter you as much as I yeah. can there because it's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, like, what what is the category for that story? Is that like swamp? Is that a cautionary tale? Is that respect? The yeah, ghosts? it has
0: to be because because he was uh, he was boasting and bragging at the top of it, mm-hmm. right? And and then he he got his in the end.
1: Yeah, which is still not fair. I mean, you say he got his, like he did something wrong. I mean, his only crime was being rational, <laughs> for which he was punished.
0: That's right. Being rational has no place in, in the world of ghosts. No, so, which is to say our world. Ha, 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 ha. Sound. <laughs> I
1: like that. that. i feel like there was a particularly ethereal quality to that one to that thunderstorm yeah it was like a spooky thunder sound like it was like the thunderstorm that happens at just the right time in the story you know Mm, yeah and it kind of lights up the reader's face for a second and it's a skeleton face like (laughs) tom patterson what do you what do you got now all right uh, i have i've decided to go random on Uh this one i have selected a story at random because i just enjoyed the title and I have read nothing of the story itself. Well, this ought to be fun. So at this point, I cannot confirm or deny the erotic content of this tale.
0: I can. We, we've already established that it's chock full. Of...
1: Yeah, yeah. statistically speaking, you're probably going to get a little worked up about this one. This is going to light some fires. <laughs> All right. This tale of misery and woe is called Somebody, Somebody, fell, Somebody fell, from fell from a Loft." Now... It's important to say that, like, it's like, it's like a loft. It's one word. It's a like, loft. like from on high, not necessarily like a loft. A loft, a loft apartment. Right? Some hipster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> some real estate speculator fell <laughs> from his can you know refurbished warehouse building loft. I had signed on as an ordinary seaman. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes! Check. When you just when you just spin the wheel, you win. You win. He'd signed on as an ordinary seaman. I'd signed on as an ordinary seaman on the Falls of Ettrick, a merchant ship bound for England. The first time I saw that ship, I knew her right away. She was the old Gertrude Spurshoe. S- sorry. The old what? He knew the ship Uh So, okay He signs up to be on a ship And it's called the Falls of Ettrick But he knows when he sees her Because he's a man who knows his ship They renamed her That's the old Gertrude Spurshoe oh. I had sailed on her years before When she was painted brown and gold Now she was painted black And with a new name But that was the same ship for sure we had a pretty good crew for that voyage, except for one hard-looking ticket
0: named McLaren. I I don't describe enough people as tickets. Yeah,
1: I'm putting that in the lexicon. <laughs> Look at this dirty old ticket over here. <laughs>
0: What's that haint doing with that ticket?
1: <laughs> Can we go to another bar? This place is haints and tickets everywhere. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. The old hating ticket. It sounds like like an English pub.
1: John Barleycorn. (laughs) Alright. Back to the terror. Except for one hard-looking ticket named McLaren. He was a pretty good seaman. (coughs) But there was something about him I didn't trust. He was kind of secretive. Kept mostly to himself. One day, somebody told him that I had worked on the old Gertrude. For some reason, he got all the tremble over that. Then I catched him. Honestly. Then I catched him giving me all these ugly black looks. Catched.
0: I, all right. So that means you you need to read it from, from hints forward as a pirate. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You are. God. You got, all right. So, <clears> sorry <throat> we cheated you, the listener, out of the, the beginning of that. But.
1: Well, this is what happens when you spin the wheel, and we're adapting as best we can. That's right. Back to the terror. Okay. One day, somebody told him that I had worked on the old Gertrude. For some reason, he got all a tremble over that. Then I catched him giving me all these ugly black looks, as if he was itching to knife me in the back. I guessed it had something to do with the Gertrude, but I didn't know what. Well, this one day, we was trying to work our way through a dripping black fog. yet scarcely know we had the lights on. And it was dead calm. But there wasn't a breath of fresh air. The ship just lay there wallowing in a trough, a-rolling and a-rolling, going nowheres. I was standing my watcher on the midships. McLaren was doing his trick at the wheel. Dirty tickets! jar <laughs> The rest of the crew was scattered around one place or another, and it was quiet as could be. Then all at once, Whackle! This thing hits the deck right in front of McLaren. He lets go a screech that turns me blood cold, and he falls down in a faint. Let go, McLaren. The second mate starts yelling that somebody's fallen from aloft, laying out there just forward of the wheel with someone or something, dressed in oil skins and blood oozing out from underneath. The captain ran and fetched a big light from his cabin so as we could see what it was. They kind of straightened him out to get a good look at his face. It was a big, ugly-looking devil. But nobody here knew who he was or what he was doing up there. At least nobody was saying. When McLaren come to from his faint, they tried to get something out of him. All he did was jabber away and keep rolling those big, wild-looking eyes of his... sexually. <laughs> Everyone was getting more and more excited. Yeah. <laughs> we all wanted to heave the body overboard as quick as we could. There was something weird about it. As if it wasn't real, but the captain wasn't so sure about getting rid of it that way. Could it be a stowaway? He asked. But the wait, ship was. Wait, what? What does the captain sound like? He's a good ship's captain. <laughs> it's a merchant craft out of Newportshire. Sure, he had to fill in his roster with some of the rougher-looking men on the docks, but the diphtheria just moved through. Fair really? Enough. I mean, I can't. Do, I can't. I can't do more pirate. I can't pirate a captain. And then be like, oh, well, this is, a, this is a South Yorkshire pirate.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll, I'll give you that. Thank you. If you don't want to uh, double down on your pirate, because that's what you would have to do. Right. you have he... to be super pirate.
1: Exactly. There's no more... I mean, it would be unintelligible. It would just be all, yarg and clerg and German Swedish. pirate. Okay. Swedish-German pirate. They happened.
0: There wasn't like a monopoly on who could be a pirate. No, no, there's lots of countries, touches, and seas.
1: Yeah, see? (laughs) Sexual. Uh, Alright, where were we? Yeah, the captain, he's a company man. Okay. He was educated.
0: Rear admiral? (laughs) Yeah, yo!
1: Could it be a stowaway? He asked. But the ship was so full with lumber we were carrying, there was no space where a living thing could hide for three weeks. Did they put the lumber in the crow's nest, though, really? Because oh. didn't the thing fall from a, the, a loft? It fell from a loft, but presumably there was a, like a, a lookout that went up to the crow's nest.
0: I guess. The not, lumber was not in the not that fog, <laughs> Not in that sloshy trough.
1: Yeah, it was a black dripping fog in a sloshy trough. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Sorry, sorry. Con- yeah, continue. Sorry. I'm, I've derailed this. Oh, no,
1: this derails itself. Okay. Uh, there was no space where a living thing could hide for three weeks Which is how long we'd been out Even if it was a stowaway What was it doing aloft in such a dirty day? There was no reason for anyone to be up there There was nothing to see Finally the captain gave up and told us to heave him overboard Then nobody would touch him The mate ordered us to pick him up But nobody made a move Then he tried coaxing But that didn't do any good Suddenly that loony McLaren starts yelling I handled him once And I can handle him again He picks up the body and staggers over to the railing with it He's just about to throw it overboard When it wraps its two big long arms around him And over they go together Then on the way down One of them starts laughing in a horrible way The mates are yelling to launch the boat But nobody would get into a boat Not on a night like that we threw a couple of life preservers after him, but everybody knew they wouldn't help. So that was that, or was it? Oh, okay. So fog just debilitates a crew.
0: Yeah, on a night like can't do anything. Is, you can't even have lights out on the deck. They yeah. have to be in the captain's quarters. Right,
1: captain. Captain's log, third of June, eighteen fifty-seven. It's one of those nights. <laughs> Nuff said. Exo <XOXO>, exo. Winky face. <laughs>
0: Signature. You know, you know how ships are six hundred years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God we don't have nights like that anymore.
1: Thanks, Obama. (laughs) But that was that wasn't the sarcastic one. I was really thankful.
0: He stopped those. (laughs) He stopped those misty, dripping nuts.
1: No more lolling in a trough for us. We were never finishing this tale of mysterious horror. Okay, where was? Oh yeah, the big cliffhanger, or was it? The first chance I had to go home after that, I went right over to see Captain Spurshoe. who was captain when the Gertrude was around, on account of his name being Spurshoe. (laughs) Why, I mean, really? Was the Captain Phineas J.
0: Dutchman? (laughs) Yes. No. He was just, he just flew a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the Queen Anne's (laughs) Blackbeard? Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was the name of her nethers. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's little known fact. Yeah. Queen Anne was a dirty haint. <laughs> but Minnie's the ticket who wrecked upon her shores. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you know what? This story is just like a, a pool to swim around in. This okay? Sorry. Okay. Here we go. I blame myself. Oh, uh, that was the investigator... Okay, uh... Who was captain when the Gertrude was around? He was a captain, alright, so don't get mad when he has a better... They're all good? Well, he says... Wait, damn it. Who was captain when the Gertrude was around? Well, he says... One ship is two outlandish men shipped aboard the Gertrude. One of them was McLaren. The other was a really big fella... The big one was always picking on McLaren and thumping him around, and McLaren was always talking about how he would get back at him. Well, this wet, dirty night, the two... (laughs) This wet, dirty night, the two of them was up... (laughs) Okay, damn it. Okay, so he's Oxford-educated, but he keeps some provincial colloquialisms in his speech. That's right. Well, this wet, dirty night, the two of them was up there alone. (laughs) and The big one come flying down, killed himself deader than a herring. McLaren says the foot rope they were using parted and how he almost fell himself. But everybody who saw that rope knew she didn't give way on her own. She had been cut through with a knife. After that, whenever we came into port, McLaren thought we were going to get the police after him. He'd get pretty scared, but we couldn't prove anything, so we didn't try. In the end, I guess the big fella took care of things in his own way. If he was a ghost that came back, that's what he was.
0: If there be things like ghosts. I'm so glad that that captain took the time between his safari hunts for big African <laughs> game to <laughs> command the Gertrude Spurshoe. Well, there was a bit of a kerfuffle
1: with South South Beachman's Explorers Club, and he decided it was best he set out on a merchant trade for a while. Named the ship after his wife, miserable hate though she was, but came with a lovely dowry, not to boob joke, her family was wealthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't marry just any old ticket out there. No, he uh,
1: used words like ain't and were... So as to make himself not feel too far above his crew, who were uh, wont to give him snuggies which he did not enjoy. Woo! Yep, that's well, that's what happens when you pick a random tale of and, pirate and, lore.
0: And that's what happens when I wreck it for you.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Do you really? Do you, do you think you're you think you're the one who ruined that?
0: No, the author did. There,
1: um, there was some guy in the in the audience for uh, failure to launch who made a joke, and everyone's like, "Well, now it's ruined." <laughs>
0: Touche Alright, so I've got a poem here This is a a nice little nursery rhyme That you can uh, uh, tell your kid To to make him go to sleep Never This is called Burning Burning Eyes When the busy day is done And my weary little one Rocks gently to and fro When the night winds softly blow And the crickets in the glen chirp Chirp and chirp and chirp again when upon the haunted bay devils dance around their prey then from yonder misty skies comes the thing with burning eyes through the murk and mist and gloam to our quiet cozy home where to singing sweet and low rocks a cradle to and fro where the clock's dull monotone tells us that the day is done where the moonbeams hover o'er playthings sleeping on the floor Where my weary wee one lies comes the thing with burning eyes. It comes like a fleeting ghost from some distant creepy coast, and no footsteps will you hear as that beast draws ever near. Not a whisper, not a word, from that fearful thing is heard. By the pale moon's eerie light, with a heart that's full of spite, in the depths of darkened skies comes the thing with burning eyes. With flapping wings it comes upon my dear weary little one And those claws do outward spread to clasp the little curly head Seem to fondle and caress every little silken tress Then she smooths the eyelids down over those two eyes of brown In such soothing tender wise comes the thing with burning eyes Dearest, feel upon your brow that caressing magic now For the crickets in the glen chirp and chirp and chirp again when upon the haunted bay devils dance around their prey and the moonbeams hover o'er playthings sleeping on the floor. Hush, my sweet. From yonder skies comes the thing with burning eyes. Now go to sleep.
1: Yeah! (laughs) Now I'm going to turn the lights off and leave the room. (laughs) I don't get that. Is it? It sounds like it's actually kind of nice. Yeah. It pets your head, but it's got burning eyes and it hangs out with Devil's Bay.
0: Yeah. That's it's a confusing uh, one. It, yeah. Each each one, it's like, uh, it's like it, it's bringing you in and then it's pushing you away. Yeah. Or it's bringing you in and stabbing you in the face and then it's bringing you in. Yeah.
1: It's all a trap. It's all a bar. A <laughs> <laughs> it's all Akbar. Okay. Okay. I've got, I've got, I've got a ghost story that I read. Um, in my research, I was able to find the world's worst ghost story. This is a terrible tale of just nothing. And it is somehow considered to be a scary story.
0: The funny thing is, I mean, there's a a bigger competition for this title than for the best ghost story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Really, this is a bottom-heavy market. (laughs) Sexual. (laughs) Sexual. All right, this is called The Big Toe. Now, there are a few versions of it, so if your version differs, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Much like we will honestly tell you the circumstances under which you shouldn't listen to our podcast, I will honestly tell you when I want none of your feedback. That's right. And this is that time. (laughs) (laughs) The Big Toe. An old woman was out in the woods collecting mushrooms, and she happened upon a big large toe. It was a particularly large and meaty toe so she kept it. Her plan was to take it home and cook it up in her soup and eat it for dinner. Honestly, this is the story. She saw a big toe and was like, dinner, it's a meaty toe. Times is tough, yo. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what can't we flavor a story with that? That's like the ranch dressing of phrases. <laughs> The old woman takes the the toe home and, and, as she plans, cooks it up in her soup for dinner and eats it. That night, as she's slipping into bed, she's just about to fall asleep when she hears, distantly, Where's my toe? And she huddles into her blankets, thinking to herself, But I found it in the woods. I couldn't possibly know where I am now. I'm safe here. And again, she hears nothing for long, long minutes and is just about to fall asleep. When, somewhat closer, she hears, Where's my toe? And again, she huddles deeper into her blankets, swearing there's no one who could find her in her home. She didn't see anyone in the woods that day. And she waits and she waits, and this time, sooner than before and closer than ever she hears the mournful cry where's my toe and this time she cries out I don't have anything go away and the reply right outside the door to her small cottage where's my toe she says get away Get away! I don't have any toe of yours! She closes her eyes as hard as she can, and she hears the sound of splintering wood. And then, in her cottage, she sees just a dark shape silhouetted by the fire, bellowing, Where's my toe? And she looks up at the shape, and she's so terrified that she loses all sense, and says, I have it! I ate it for my dinner!" And the large dark shape says, Yes, you did. The next day, no one could find the old woman. They saw the damage to her front door, and all they could find was one large footprint missing a toe. And everyone in the village agreed, This is the worst story (coughs) we have ever heard. (laughs) boogity boogity I'll scare your dad (laughs) alright
0: so that's a lot like clinkety clank
1: in a way yeah but it's worse because there's this moment where the giant was it a giant that was missing his toe
0: and a leg apparently if they only found one footprint
1: right didn't have a crutch and then when it gets to deliver its line when it gets its big moment it's just like yeah you did do that (laughs) like what who eats a toe? Like it's the, the just the beginning of it. Like ah, come on. At least explain that she was starving maybe or that she was a pre-existing cannibal. Maybe she's a witch and witches and toes are lucky. Mm. There's just a million reasons why that story could have been better or interesting.
0: Mm.
1: And most of them start with telling a different story. <laughs>
0: And then continuing on with a different story altogether.
1: Oh, man. Worst story ever. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. Um, Oh, here's a good thing. I would love it, though. I don't want to hear about how bad my story is. But if you have a worst story, please uh, link it to us. Send us an email. I would love to hear a worst ghost story.
0: Contact us on our contact page on blurryphotos.org. Send us a horrible Halloween story. Uh Uh-huh. We might just read it. Yeah. We, we, we'll we do that. Cause. might take us a year, but we might read it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, we'll, Actually, we'll,
1: we'll have a Because you know what? Halloween is on a Wednesday this year. Mm-hmm. So technically, the weekend to either side is legit Halloween territory. <laughs> so you, you get a little works. extra bump out of this Halloween. There's not the finality of a Saturday night Halloween this year.
0: You know, the, the other thing is uh, Christmas time used to be uh, the time to tell ghost stories. So maybe maybe we'll tell some uh, a couple more for the old Yule Time.
1: Yeah. Do you know, I, I actually, because I I was looking for the best ghost stories, and I found a list, top ten ghost stories in all of history. And, like, number one, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Funny, huh? Yeah. Felt um, like that was a sucker punch ending.
0: The, I mean, the uh, Jacob Marley part is, is kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, in the death part, obviously, and and to an 18th century reader, that that was shat material. Yeah. That was shatting.
1: Yeah, those those people literally had to institutionalize themselves for no less than six months after
0: (laughs) reading that. (laughs) They were giving asylum passes away like candy, (laughs) too, at that time.
1: Okay, I've got a good one. I've got a great story, and this is actually one of my favorites. This is a, a scary story that I really did enjoy as a kid. And I'm changing the name of the Indian because it's more fun. <laughs> I hope anyone out here has seen the Jim Jarmusch classic movie Dead Man, because it's it's an awesome movie. And I'm naming the Indian after that because the Indian's name in this book doesn't even sound Indian. Defago, with like an accent, like, like Dayfago, yeah, or something. Like it's like that's ridiculous. That's not what you name an in Indian. So I'm changing it. I'm taking some license. It's our podcast, we can do what we want I don't care America (laughs) Thanks Obama (laughs) The Wendigo A wealthy man wanted to go hunting in a part of northern Canada Where few people had ever hunted He traveled to a trading post and tried to find a guide to take him But no one would do it It was too dangerous, they said Finally, he found an Indian who needed money badly And he agreed to take him (laughs) The Indian's name was Ixabache. hmm I remember that. They made camp in the snow near a large frozen lake. For three days they hunted, but they had nothing to show for it. The third night a windstorm came up. They lay in their tent listening to the wind howling and the trees whipping back and forth. To see the storm better, the hunter opened the tent flap, but what he saw startled him. There wasn't a breath of air stirring, and the trees were standing perfectly still, yet he could hear the wind howling. And the more he listened, the more it sounded like as, it, as if it was calling Exebache's name. Exebache! It called. Exebache! I must be losing my mind, the hunter thought. But Exebache had gotten out of his sleeping bag. He was huddled in a corner of the tent, his head buried in his arms. What's all this about? The hunter asked. It's nothing, said Exebache. But the wind continued to call him, and Ixaybache became more and more tense and more restless. Ixaybache, it called. Ixaybache. Suddenly, he jumped to his feet and he began to run from the tent, but the hunter grabbed him and wrestled him to the ground. You can leave me out here, the hunter shouted. Then the wind called again, and Ixaybache broke loose and ran into the darkness. The hunter could hear him screaming as he went. Again and again he cried, Oh, my fiery feet, my burning feet of fire. Then the voice faded away, and the wind died down. At daybreak, the hunter followed Ixaybache's tracks in the snow, and they went through the woods, down toward the lake, and out onto the ice. But soon he noticed something strange. The steps Ixaybache had taken got longer and longer. They were so long no human being could have taken them. It was as if something had helped him hurry away. The hunter followed the tracks out into the middle of the lake, but there they disappeared. At first, he thought Ixevache had fallen through the ice, but there wasn't any hole. Then he thought that something had pulled him off the ice into the sky. But that made no sense. As he stood there wondering what had happened, the wind picked up again. Soon it was howling as it had the night before. Then he heard Ixevache's voice. It was coming from above. And again, he heard Ixaybache screaming, My fiery feet! My burning feet! But there was nothing to be seen. Now the hunter wanted him to leave that place as fast as he could, and he went back to camp and packed. Then he left some food for Ixaybache, and he started out. Weeks later, he reached civilization. The following year, he went back to hunt in that area again. He went to the same trading post to look for a guide. The people there could not explain what happened to Ixaybache that night. They had not seen him since then. Maybe it was the windigo, one of them said, and he laughed. It's supposed to come with the wind. It drags you along at great speed until your feet are burned away. And the more of you than that, then it carries you into the sky and drops you. It's just a crazy story, but that's what some of the Indians say. A few days later, the hunter was at the trading post again. An Indian came in and sat by the fire. He had a blanket wrapped around him, and he wore his hat so that you couldn't see his face. The hunter thought that there was something familiar about him. And he walked over and asked, Are you Xebache? The Indian didn't answer. Do you know anything about him? No answer. He began to wonder if something was wrong. The man needed help, but he couldn't see his face. Are you all right? he asked. No answer. To get a look at him, he lifted the Indian's hat. Then he screamed. There's nothing under the hat but a pile of ashes. And gold! <laughs> yeah, I a like that.
0: I like the Windigo story. I do too. Uh, I think uh, that is a uh, cryptid we might cover in a future oh, podcast oh man I like it when we
1: can link them together yeah uh, once again Xeba uh means uh, who speaks much and says little Jim Jarmusch dead man Johnny it's got, uh, Johnny Depp
0: mm. everybody loves Johnny Depp what what,
1: what year was this how, how old is it late 90s huh before he was like super huge but yeah. he was a big deal then anyway but it's just a great movie it's shot all in black and white Iggy Papa's in it huh <laughs> Yeah. What's it about? It's about a guy who is traveling west um, for an accounting job. And by the time he gets there, he doesn't have a job. And he's just stuck in this crazy uh, Pacific Northwest frontier town that's really dark. And it's about uh, his adventures there. And there's a Hmm. reason that he's known as the Dead Man.
0: Because he likes the Undertaker?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's a pro wrestler and he brings (laughs) wrestling to the west.
0: Have you ever seen the movie Ravenous? No. I feel like they reference the 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 Wendigo in that, but more so the thought that being becoming a cannibal or, or eating another human's flesh would turn you into a Wendigo which makes you crave right. Flesh. See, now
1: that's that was my confusion because like, the Wendigo story that I read that I love so much as a kid was about a bunch of of, of, of Native Americans who get like trapped in a cave mm-hmm. like by snow. Mhm. And they finally resort to cannibalism, and how all of them are like gagging and they're throwing up. They can't, they can't do it. But one of them's like, "Dude, this is awesome! <laughs> this, this Larry is off the hook." <laughs> and and that, yeah. And then they get out of the cave, but he can't stop yeah. eating. It, like, and he becomes the Wendigo. He goes off into the now he haunts the the, the mountains, yeah. preying on travelers right. because he can't stop eating flesh. Yeah,
0: and and the. the I think the Wendigo that I'm familiar with was more along the more along the lines of what was in this story of of like you know it, it's almost like a werewolf almost that that kind of speeds you along until you burn up and I don't know it's yeah Although, we'll have to check that it, out. It
1: occurs to me that for the purposes of this story, like, is it just the Windigo? like wind go but
0: that's i think that's part of yeah uh, of the tale too because it has stuff to do with uh with the wind the howling wind and the cold and stuff yeah uh, uh, that'll be a great subject to to cover uh one day soon in in the the midst of of winter <laughs> oh yeah
1: that's a good time when you're all holed up in your house
0: yeah when the wind is howling and...
1: when poor mel evans is holed up with her ex Stuck
0: by, by snow Re- and blizzards. Reviewing the movie Ravenous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's our friend Mel Evans with An Hour With Your Ex, yeah, uh, their podcast. could be
1: an eternity. <laughs> who devours who? Find out this winter. An Hour With Your Ex. Check now that on out uh,
0: on iTunes or uh, uh, Podbean. Um so uh, I think that brings us to a close of our stories for yeah. this uh, wonderful Halloween.
1: Yeah, I blow out the candle, turn the lights up,
0: snuggle down and I mean, don't open your eyes. Yeah,
1: whatever you hear, it's just nothing's there. You're going to be fine unless you have
0: a creepy doll in which case you will be dead. Yeah. You? <laughs> and if you have a door, a closet, a bed, a phone,
1: oh or if you've eaten a toe for dinner, you're also effed.
0: Yeah, you are truly you, you are effed. truly effed for any any of those cases. Don't eat toes for dinner. If you are able to say nope, I have not checked any of these off my list. Then bless you and and good night. Yeah, the sleep of angels is your <laughs> reward. I <Hidey-tide>. I <laughs> the That's the sleep of
1: angels until you hear the banshees wail. They're coming for you, Darby O'Kill. Another movie pick, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. You would think, because it's entirely about leprechauns, that it's like a great uh, movie for like uh, St. Patrick's Day, which I guess it is. An excellent Halloween movie. It's got banshees in it, a spectral carriage, it's oh. terrifying, and it's uh, young Sean Connery. That's true. It's a great movie. Sean Connery goes
0: well with any holiday. When did I just start outing with, like, movie suggestions? What? Well, when we were talking about, uh, when we started plugging an hour with your ex. I
1: guess. <laughs> to help
0: them uh, get some suggestions. Yeah, but I, I don't, like, the movie popped in my head. I was like, hey, I
1: know we're all doing something, but I'd like to take a few moments out for our golden pond." <laughs> Peter Fond is excellent work, and,
0: uh, no. All right, uh, so, so we're going to do, uh, do some puns for you. Yeah, for, we got some puns. We got some great stories. scary
1: story puns. I've got one. It's a uh it's an adult type diaper called Windigo. Go. <laughs> yeah. That's Excellent. pretty uh I'm pretty pleased with that one. Wow,
0: wait a way to start off. Um, <laughs> my mine are not gonna be nearly as, as good as that. Um mine is um an orthodontist called the dental patient. Where yeah. I, you tell you tell the, the just your problem and he just nods. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. All right, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, in in my grand
1: tradition of just not doing a pun and coming up with a product instead. Yeah, it'll work. Okay, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I tried to incorporate your uh, Louisiana because I enjoyed your accent so much. Okay, Grandpa adds country Cajun big toe and we sausage etouffee. With real juicy chunks of big toe and rich sausage flavor. There's probably an asterisk like warning. Uh, <laughs> an anticlimactic uh, run in with a giant will ensue.
0: A shadow giant? Yeah. Oh, etouffee, nice.
1: Yeah, how about that? Nicely done. Well, I'm pretty proud of it. I mean, it I kinda... tastes
0: like you stick your foot in it. <laughs>
1: Oh, good morning. Y'all like big toe? <laughs> I know I do. I got a Is big it? bubbling pot of big 2 if to fail.
0: <laughs> Is that Grandpa Crawford himself?
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, that's I crazy. should have saved the wind I go for the second part. <laughs> it should have ended bigger.
0: Or should you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my Mine are, are really poor this week. Um <laughs> This week in particular. Yeah. Um I've got a a creepy nursery rhyme themed gym called Burning Thighs.
1: <laughs> and it and the, the, the elliptical caresses them. Yeah. Your your golden locks and tresses <laughs> silk
0: and tresses. Um I prefer Queen Victoria's black beard. <laughs>
1: well i think that that we have certainly wrung all the terror out of our souls we're just gibbering idiots staring into the
0: abyss now yeah thanks nietzsche (laughs) what what you can do though uh to save us is go to uh dot org and uh, uh, poke around there for a little bit recommend us to some friends why not yeah all your friends are like
1: i don't hear any good puns no more (laughs)
0: I don't hear enough jackassery. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go go on the the iTunes and uh, give us a, give us a rating. Yeah, uh, preferably good, but uh, however you see fit. Right. We're not going to tell you how to how to live your life. We're not we're not big government. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, <laughs> that never gets old. You can say that for anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, write us a review. Uh, give us some feedback. Give us uh, a pun, for goodness' sake. Yeah.
1: Um, earn earn a certificate. There's one out there to yeah, be had.
0: There's there, we've got one that's the the deadline of which is drawing nigh.
1: Right. Well, you got you got like a little better than a month. But
0: um, uh, yeah, tell us your favorite crappy ghost story. Yeah, what's or, the worst? Uh, I mean,
1: just the dumbest one.
0: Yeah, or or one that you've survived.
1: That'd yeah. be cool. Ooh, like how about like uh, maybe one that you swear is true? I don't care. Yeah. if It's true. Just tell me it's true.
0: Just tell us. Lie to me. <laughs> and make sure it has an erotic opening yeah. um, <laughs> They all do Follow us on Twitter Blurry underscore photos And like us on Facebook yeah. Do all that stuff You can do it in five minutes Just yeah. sitting at uh, your computer who We cares? would love to converse with you on the Facebooks or the Twitters Yeah, we're, we're on there we, we write back Yeah <laughs> We write back hard <laughs> You so, won't believe it uh, Then you will believe it Because it happened <laughs> Most importantly Happy Halloween! (laughs) (laughs) I'm David Flora. I'm David Steckman. Bye!